0: This is Alec.
1: And this is Jack.
0: Welcome to another episode of Smith and Scholar. Smith and Scholar is a multimedia project dedicated to promoting and encouraging young men to pursue and live the good life. And we're back. So, as we mentioned, we will be kind of in the vein of talking about different relationships uh, and how we relate to others, talked about community. Today, we are going to go a little bit further back, not just our immediate surroundings, but talk a little bit about our heritage. So again, as we always do, let's define what we mean.
1: Sure. So to clarify, like heritage is kind of a vague, I mean, it seems that every episode we start with some vague term and we have to, you know, drill down what exactly we're talking about, but that's a, that's fine. Um, so when we're talking about heritage, we're specifically talking about uh, our ancestry, you know, the specific people or even a more generic understanding of, you know, what has come before us as far as um, family and then also like the physical location of where, you know, our family has come from, uh, whether that be geographically and then also culturally. Um, and so there's, those are sort of, I guess you could break it down, the people, places, and culture when we're talking about trying to understand heritage. And, you know, everybody know, basically knows this when we're talking about heritage, but we want to make sure that we're being pretty clear.
0: Yeah, so um, you might be thinking, why are we talking about heritage on Smith and Scholar where it's concerned with living the good life, living virtue, seems maybe more of a historical perspective. In fact, uh, my wife did mention that when I said we we're going to be talking about heritage. She's like, so it's a history podcast? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> Um. But, you know, we can learn virtue everywhere, as we've talked about media, friends, family. Well, why not friends and family from the past? So, uh, and then our forefathers specifically, uh, especially with regards to the country, we think of, you know, the forefathers. Uh, so let's talk about the importance of, of heritage with regards to our life, our, virtue, our life in virtue. And we'll start with familial heritage and then talk a little bit more about national heritage.
1: Yeah. And just to quickly add, I think it's important to note that, at least in my perspective, I think it's important that people recognize where, you know, they come from. um, Because like Alex said, you know, you can learn a lot and, you know, in a way, like, you know, there are certain, you know, you know, I'm trying to think about, so like, for instance, like, and I'll get into this, but like, you know, Germans are considered industrious, right? And like, that's a good virtue to have being industrious. And I think like, sometimes you kind of forget about those things. And so that's kind of why I think heritage in a way is important because you can think about, okay, here are the characteristics and traits that my, you know, people, my family, my ancestors were proud of and tried to exemplify. And, you know, is that something that should be important to me and why? And so I just wanted to add that bit and why I think, you know, how this ties to virtue. But yeah, again, more specifically, you know there are I think specific virtues tied to heritage, right? Um, you know, piety, uh, having respect for our elders, our family, and our culture, um, recognizing that those are important things, and you know they are things from which we spring forth um in our in our background, and then also uh humility, right. Um, you have to know your place among others like we we live in a world where there's all sorts of heritages, all sorts of cultures, and they all fit in in one way or another um, and into like you know our grand experience of life and you know we can talk more about one culture versus the other later or one heritage versus the other that sort of idea. but for now, you know I think you got to recognize that everybody has a background, everybody has a heritage, and those are important things and they again they not just recognize that it 's important as far as who you are, but it 's also important and recognizing who other people are. And then, you know, maybe thirdly like patriotism being a virtue. And, you know, it's similar to piety in a way, but it's respect for your country and um not just blind respect, but you know, recognizing, you know, all the entire background of your, you know, particularly the place you live now and, you know, being um proud of its its successes and being aware of its faults and trying to build upon those.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think those are all important virtues, especially. So we'll touch upon the piety, especially because we're going to be talking about familial heritage. And so as the name suggests, it's your heritage related to your family. So uh, sometimes it's a little bit hard to know where exactly you come from uh, because of family movement. Uh, There's a lot of different historical events that have happened in the past well, I guess since the beginning of time really <laughs> that that have changed the course of events or particularly your family's movement and where they're living at the time. So luckily there are, you know, different resources to learn more about your, your uh family, your heritage, such as a few examples, twenty three and me where you've spit in the tube, I think, and
1: or, you know, Corona, no swab.
0: Yeah, and that too. Uh, ancestry.com, which brings me to a word from our sponsors. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, one day, bad, maybe. Bad dad joke. <laughs> uh, I just always hear 23 me and, and, and AncestryTree.com or something as sponsors for other places. One day. One day. But that's not the point of this. Um, but uh, aside from from just knowing a little bit about your family ancestry, either through Again, uh, one of these programs, you can also learn about it from your family members and whether they're your age or older because they knew other family members and their stories and their habits. It's just a really cool way to uh, grow in knowledge, firstly, of your family, Mm -hmm. and then also grow in culture so you know what they experienced and you know kind of where your family comes from, as, as you were saying earlier, Jack.
1: Yeah, and you know something that comes to mind right now, tying back to our episode last week on community. I think uh, learning about our families it fosters a deeper sense of that community, right? You know, going beyond just our our your nuclear family, but you know your aunts, your cousins, your grandparents, and then learning about you know the people that came before them. It really, you know, at least in my experience, has ingrained an appreciation for who my family is and where we've come from, and you know, and for sure has uh, made me more respectful of my family as a community.
0: Yeah. And so that point about having respect to your family, again, that piety for your family, I think, and it's, maybe it's a generalization, but I always get this feeling whenever people are talking about their parents or their grandparents, they always are saying, you know, my family was such a, you know, these family members were such hardworking members of society. (laughs) And that's a pretty common theme that, that you always hear. And so it's that respect and that, um, respect for their virtue as well, and that you wouldn't be in the position you are now if your grandparents hadn't decided to move to the U.S. or take a certain job or move across the country. And so there's definitely an understanding of knowing why and how your family came about, Uh, again, in the short term, but also in the long term. Maybe your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, which would be approximately 1100 A.D., um... (laughs) <laughs> i mean if you could go back that far sure um but yeah having that understanding of of how things work in your family and then having that appreciation that piety for your family uh to move forward so as cool as it would be to know everything that our ancestors did to 1100 <laughs> or before you know even up to uh i don't know when the first humans were around
1: i don't know uh, i don't remember yeah. my biology
0: <laughs> Twenty thousand bc <laughs> something like that Uh, You know, to trace it back all the way, as cool as that would be, it might be a little bit harder. Um, But we do have the people who are a little bit closer to our timeline. Again, I keep on bringing up grandparents because those are usually the oldest relatives that you have. Some people are lucky to meet their great-grandparents. I did, but I didn't get to know them super well. But again, being able to talk to them, communicate with them, understand kind of what they went through, and being able to remember them to... Pass on their stories to your children and grandchildren after you, so uh another cool thing I was thinking about as I was making this is uh especially in the line of you know having this knowledge of your parents or your grandparents and what they were doing at a certain point in time is this podcast uh potentially will be listened to by um our children respectively um or our grandchildren and, and you know people down the line if the internet continues or as long as you know, the hard drive of all our episodes are, are passed, down. <laughs> passed down from generation to generation once we get to the creative commons one day or the, the license-free.
1: <laughs> the public domain. <laughs> the public domain, that's, that's right. In 200 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: well, it depends on life expectancy. Maybe it's 300 years from now. We'll see. Um, but because of that um, idea of, of being able to pass on uh, who you are, what you did, to future generations, I think it should kind of give you the impetus to be a virtuous person, maybe not in the most perfect motivation, but still have some sort of motivation to be virtuous so that those who follow after you can look up to you as an example. Uh, just as I mentioned, we often look up to our grandparents or our ancestors and say, man, they did such great work. It's amazing the amount of virtue, fortitude, hard work that they put into to making our family great. Well, hopefully your grandkids and great grandkids will be able to say the same thing about you. So we should try and be a model uh, for our family.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, And yeah, not only is there, you know, familial heritage, like we've talked about, but there's also national heritage, right? Um, And actually we usually have almost more information about our national heritage than we do about our familial heritage solely due to the fact that, you know, a nation's history is something that a lot of people study and publish work on. And they take a macro view of the history and pretty much report everything. Um, and, you know, this is, you know, akin to what we get in school, right? You know, in U.S. history and government, and all those sorts of things, in world history, even when you learn about other other places. And, you know, in a way, national heritage is similar to familial heritage. And it's something we talk about often. And I think we can learn virtue from, you know, the people that come before us, you know, for lack of a better term, our forefathers. Although I know right now that might be a contentious thing to say, but I, I, I don't really think it is. I think a lot of that is, yeah, of course, like every every nation, including the greatest nation on on this planet, have has its flaws and its sins, and you know, I think in a way we're constantly paying for them. Um, and that's a topic for another day. But you know, we really can learn virtue from the people that come before us, including those in our national. You know, our national discourse, our national heritage, um, you know, something, you know, I, this came to mind the other day is, um, or comes to mind now from, you know, an experience I've had in the past couple of weeks. My brother and I rewatched the movie Patton, which is about General Patton. Um, he was, you know, you can look all sorts up about him, a controversial figure in the United States military to say the least, but also a very effective one. And though he might not be the best example of certain, you know, virtues in the way that we talked about them, he's certainly a hard worker, um, a very determined man. Um, and he wanted the U S army to be the most effective killing machine, um, on the face of the planet. And he did a pretty good job at doing that. And, you know, those are sorts of things like, you know, I, just like national heroes or, you know, people who, you know, you could go talk about, I think one we, we can talk about a lot is like, you know, the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King Jr. and the things he pushed for, just stuff like that. Like, you know, the great thing about America, um, In addition to like these people, is like, you know, we we're a melting pot of cultures, right? So while we have a specifically really cool American history, I think, um, we also have the culture and history that, you know, was brought here by our ancestors from all over the place. Um, and you know, it in that regard, that's a tie-in to familial heritage, right? And so it's really neat how familial heritage builds into national heritage and in a way the story of national heritage. And you know, I think here, particularly in the United States, but even elsewhere uh is really just a conglomerate conglomeration of a lot of multiple familial heritages,
0: yeah, definitely, and so I think taking that into perspective um the the idea of the family and kind of where we're at um with with people from far back to even now, and then kind of what I was touching upon in the community uh the idea of like having a culture of some sort so uh, especially with um, and then going previous to that, leisure being the basis of culture, uh, I think it's it's clear to see that our heritages uh, build upon a certain culture. So again, whether it's a family culture or a national culture, we have these pra- customs, practices, activities that we all partake in. So um, while we have a national kind of culture, and I guess America might be described by you know a, a love of freedom. And baseball and hot dogs. <laughs> no, uh, definitely love of freedom. So, <laughs> but then each family also in turn develops its own culture. And I think that's a really important thing to do. And you do need uh, some sort of stepping stone to make that family culture. So, whether it's from the people that you grew up with, your parents or your grandparents, or, you know, taking what they gave you and then jumping a little bit further, you still have some sort of basis to move forward. And the idea is that with the family, uh, you'll pass down that culture to your kids. And as they form their families, they'll have their own, again, culture based in the family, but, you know, slightly different variation or something moving forward. I never
1: really thought about it that way, but I like that. Like, I mean, that's, I think, intrinsic to my understanding of what, you know, family and multi-generation passing things down. But I never thought about that as like developing a family culture that gets passed down. I think that's really a neat thing. And it kind of shows, like, each family is kind of distinct, right? So I'll leave it at that, but that's a really cool point that you bring up, Alec.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, again, just to go back to the idea of leisure and, you know, one of the ultimate um, ends of leisure, I guess, is worship. And so what does your family worship, whether it's uh, God or um, money or um, fellowship with each other? You know, those things are going to be pushed to the forefront of your family culture, so that's also one thing to take into account is what do you do as a family together because that's also going to define the family culture and again, on the larger scale, the national side, what does your nation do as a whole, mm-hmm. and that's going to define the national culture, which brings me to the point of um, especially in America being a melting pot, uh, the idea that we're you know drawing forth all these different cultures, uh, a term that's used often is kind of cultural appropriation, and I don't think of it that way I, do, I think of it more as cultural appreciation and um, like I'm going to give a few examples and then, uh, and then kind of a, a counter so you don't have to be Italian to enjoy pizza you don't have to be uh, Hispanic to enjoy tacos you don't have to um, be Korean to enjoy bulgogi so those are just like okay very shallow um, uh, instances of cultural appreciation or appropriation but also wearing certain clothing or, or garb or something like that. So there are exceptions, I will say, mm-hmm. to this example of cultural appropriation, which is when you are mischaracterizing a certain culture or making fun of them uh, at their degradation. And I, I guess we talked about this in the past, like, you know, don't make fun of Jack for his political science degree. Like, <laughs> you can, though. Like, I'll allow it. You don't want to put down other cultures um, for the perceived... Um, different, you know, well, differences that you perceive to be, um, uh, you know, lesser or not as good. And so, you know, I think there are instances, though, that we can point to where cultures are better than other, which might be a contentious issue, but if we just look at the Probably US- the most
1: contentious thing we've talked about <laughs> in every, out of all our episodes, but...
0: probably. But uh I'll bring I'll, I'll use a, an example that's close to home. So looking at the USA, if we were to look at the culture of the USA right now, then we might be able to say that this culture, there are better cultures out there uh through time and space. So right now our culture is pretty focused on materialism, the the uh gaining of stuff mm-hmm. in our lives and if we compare it to USA in the 50s when after World War II the rebuilding of the country And we see, again, I guess it's uh, the baby boomers. Well, the baby boomers came out of that. Uh Yeah. Uh, The greatest generation, though, I think it's pretty clear just from the labels that we use and what we saw, kind of the expansion of the U.S. and, and all these technological developments that, you know, there's a lot of innovation going on and not as much consumerism, although I guess it was the advent of consumerism. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I would say that that, that, that's its own problem, but yes.
0: (laughs) But looking at U.S. in 2020 versus U.S. in 1950, we can say, look, there was definitely a shift in the culture, and we can say, look, culture in the 1950 might be better than 2020. And it's all about what is the order of the culture, what is it worshipping at the time. Mm -hmm. So I think it's pretty clear to see now. We're worshiping material goods. Consume exactly. You know, I'll say capitalism um, taken to an extreme, uh, and then in the 1950s, I guess it was more burgeoning capitalism, but it was also ordered towards developing the country and and making uh, you know the country a better place, uh, making America great, uh, one might say. And so, um, it's important that cultures are ordered towards virtue. Um, And that's ultimately what makes one culture better than another. So, not to say that, you know, wherever you're coming from is not as good as the US, things are different, but, you know, there are some clear instances where we can see one culture is better. If one culture celebrates mass murder over another, I think we would say that Nazi Germany's culture (laughs) is lesser than other cultures
1: all this in before people accuse us of wanting to go back to the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, yeah, it was probably it is probably our most uh, contentious opinion to date.
1: But I think it's right though. I mean, I, you know, look, there are, you know, I, I like I like to bring up, use like extreme examples because they just they they you know, great dichotomies really make, you know, things clear and also prevents us from having to do more nuanced discussions here which would be fun but also just would take too long and not our purpose here maybe one day yeah maybe one day but you know like for instance like cultures that you know like you said you know like mass extinction people like if we have cultures that believe human sacrifice is a good and that's it's clearly not i mean there might be some of y'all that disagree with that but in which case we'd we'd ask you to reevaluate your priors um because again like this all goes back to objectivity right and something that Alec and I are firm believers in that there there are there is an objective good there is an objective truth and that's why where this might get contentious for people but that's fine and I'm okay with that and you know bringing it up is a good thing but yeah there clearly are cultures that are you know are are above others and that's not to say and so that's that's entirely different from the conversation how do you treat people from those cultures but as it because it stems from like Alec has brought up you know what you worship what you place at the forefront if you don't place the good at the forefront of your your society of you know and so that's why you know going back into like to heritage why this is important because you know we we take things along with us right like you know if we you know as a if you know I think a good way to look at this is like you brought up like the Nazis right. The nation of Germany has decided via law that, you know, references, images, things depicting or that harken back to the time in which the Nazi party was in charge of Germany. Those things are illegal. Why? Because they didn't want to carry those things along with them and make it part of their national heritage. And so, you know, obviously, this is this is an important thing. And I think it's it's good that Alec brings it up.
0: Yeah. And so just to wrap this up. You should, as Jack mentioned, respect everybody from every... Uh, it doesn't matter where they're coming from. Respect is, is important. And then also part of that is understanding our heritage and how to celebrate it accordingly. So it's not saying like, America's the best and you know, everybody else isn't great or good or is you know, worse than us. Right. It's not that attitude. It's, it's celebrating differences and then also understanding um, how to make or help other people uh, become better. It's not about making other people better. It's about helping uh, other people become better or uh, work towards the good. So, yeah. Uh, again, probably more most contentious <laughs> point to date. Um, but you know, if if this is something that you have a strong opinion with, right to us, yeah, write to we to us. Love so, to hear from you. Exactly. Um, so, hopefully, we'll get some some interesting uh, feedback on this. So, okay. With that aside, let's go ahead and dive into some more personal stuff. So. I don't like to get super personal on this podcast just because, um, just you know, I'd, I'd rather be personal in a more uh, intimate circumstance, whether it's, you know, one-on-one or uh, people that I know a little bit better. So <laughs> I'll keep it kind of general, but, uh, you know, it, it is interesting to know a little bit – well, I think it's interesting to know a little bit about my background because um, I am actually part Korean. You probably can't tell based off my skin tone and appearance, but um, – my uh, family does come from Korea. And so growing up, I actually experienced a lot of uh, Korean culture and I participated in a lot of activities that uh, some of my other uh, Asian friends, uh, some from China, some from Korea, some from Taiwan, uh, actually participated in similar events. And so when I told them that, uh, you know, I did these things growing up, they're like, You, you did these? <laughs> and so I did have a, a very different uh uh, experience in my family and my family culture so that's one aspect another aspect is i i come from or another part of my family is from the southern us so accents kind of ideology uh you know gentlemanly uh manners and whatnot was also a big part of my mm-hmm. upbringing and how i was raised and then growing up in texas i guess is is part of that but th- that's also kind of developed uh you know where i come from and and how i view things um, again, from a kind of a totally different perspective of a Korean um, uh, family. Uh, I, not to say that my family was the epitome of Korean; it, it was not. Uh-huh. But my extended family definitely was. And then I, uh, on the other hand, I also grew up in a Catholic household, as we've mentioned multiple times, which um, definitely shaped my religious views and philosophical views and whatnot. And then I want to talk a little bit about my wife's family because now that we are one family uh her heritage impacts uh me. So she um her family has Mexican and Spanish heritage and that's gonna greatly impact the life of our child and our children. Um in seeing, you know, how they experience the world and uh learn from their grandparents uh on both sides uh and growing up. So I think, you know, it's really great to see these different cultures influencing uh the family, how you grow up and whatnot.
1: Yeah, no, certainly. And uh You know, I think that's, I kind of, you know, the reason why we wanted to bring this up is because I think these are all things that people can think about and, you know, how, again, like their personal familial heritage and national heritage combined and really make you, you in a, in a unique way, I would say. And so for me, you know, my, my mom's side of the family is, you know, Irish, um, my dad's side of the family is German, technically from Luxembourg, but I, you know, they consider themselves German, um and apparently there's some french in my family but you know you know the thing like i think the cool thing is like when you start looking into your family like where they came from and what they did and how that's influenced my life so for instance my mom's side of the family has been uh here in the united states since before the revolutionary war um also a really long time um came over from ireland and uh you know we're we're around for a while like my mom's side of the family uh ended up settling in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, where a lot of them worked in steel, which was big there. A lot of them became doctors. Um, so kind of established, you know, ended up becoming more white-collar kind of thing. My dad's side of the family is from the Midwest, small town in Ohio, and they, I think, were could always be characterized by like a certain type of industri- industriousness and toughness and stick-to-itiveness. Um, and you know, that, that came down to my grandfather who, you know, fought in world war two, came back, got married to my grandmother and didn't go to college and started his own auto shop and ran an auto shop for a majority of his life. And so there's kind of like that, that blue collar, middle-class mentality from my dad's side of the family. And then both my parents went to college and, you know, now me, that's kind of been the influence on my life. Right. so like one from like where they came from and you know what they did to get here and where they are. That's a huge influence in how I perceive things and see things. And then just from like the you know, you're talking about, you know, your, you know, Korean background, your southern background, you know, I have taken a real interest in particularly like Irish culture over the last like four or five years of my life. I mean, I also went to the University of Notre Dame where we're the fighting Irish and so like you kinda like get a little bit about a little bit of that in a in a, a unique way, but you certainly get it. And, you know, I love listening to Irish music. Um, whether it's like more traditional Irish stuff or, you know,
0: dropkick Murphys. No,
1: well, I mean, they will, they do a good job covering some of the original stuff and it's, a, it can be a lot of fun to listen to that after you've listened to you know, someone else sing it. But then like, you know, I love, um, kind of like pub music, like drinking songs. Cause I think there's some really good, just like Irish, you know, they're drinking songs, but they're fun. They, you know, if you think, think about like the Hobbit, right. Or not the Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbits sing and sing and stuff. It's like that, it's that kind of culture and it's, it's very fun and I enjoy it. And it's just fun to learn about. Um, it'd be kind of cool to learn how to speak Gaelic. That was a missed opportunity at Notre Dame. I could have taken Gaelic and I wow. did. Yeah. Wow. I took, I took Arabic, Arabic instead, but probably then, more useful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then like on my dad's side of the family, like just, it's, you know, always been cool to learn about, you know, Germany and like the different, like it, you know, kind of in a way, like, you know, I think we take for granted how like, you know, mixed like U S culture is as far as where people come from. Like, Germany was kind of the same way, you know, with the different regions and that sort of thing. It's just fun to learn about, and like that's just like a, it's just good to have, and, um, you know, I think it influences more. You know, I think people take for granted how much heritage actually influences them, and so you know, I, you know, I encourage everyone to, you know, do some research, ask your grandparents if they're still around, or ask your parents. I'm sure they, you know, they a- had these conversations at some point, or at least they know on a basic level. And, you know, you can, like we talked about, then you can go study, you know, all these different things. And, you know, it, it's a good thing. It's, it's all very good.
0: Yeah. So definitely um, celebrate your culture, celebrate your heritage and, um, yeah, learn more about it so that you can inform future generations.
1: Yeah. And, you know, take away from this that it's important to understand your roots and give due honor to them, which is something that we'll get into next time.
0: All right. Sounds good.
1: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Smith and Scholar. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast on all the major platforms, including YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Also, follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with everything we are doing and thinking.
0: Finally, feel free to give us feedback and ask questions across the different platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Smith and Scholar.